0: And welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sales Show for foreclosers. My name is Kevin Hill. I'm your host today here on Freight Waves TV. We're on every 12 p.m. right here, same time each week. Eastern Time, that's 12 noon on the dot Eastern Time. So, high noon, just like Gary Cooper. Uh, We have an exciting show for you today. Uh, We should have Omar Singh in here in a few minutes talking about digitizing, I can't even ever say digitizing, digitizing routing guides. And we talked about this a little bit last week with Andrew Leto from Emerge. We're going to talk about it a little bit today. It's all really about that dynamic pricing and that technology and what's the future really of annual bids, which has a lot to do with freight sales, how you sell RFPs, RFQs, contract pricing. And we'll talk a little bit about the contract and spot market today because we're, we're seeing a market turn. And we will get Omar's insights uh, about that. But first, let's talk about May 9th and 10th coming up very shortly, two weeks, less than two weeks, really. uh, We're going to be in northwest Arkansas live on stage doing everything we can, talking about the future of supply chains there in Rogers Arkansas at the convention center, it's gonna be a great event, great networking opportunity. If you haven't been out to an event in a while, it's been a couple of years since we've put on an event. So come out, see everybody, make new friends, see the, the this technology that has been uh, really ramped up during COVID, during the pandemic. There's a lot of exciting things that you will see all through the, the supply chain, one of the keynote speakers, Is Billy Bean. He is with the Oakland A's, created Moneyball, really. If you've ever seen that movie or the Michael Lewis book, you read that. Moneyball changed sports forever. That was about 20, 25 years ago. He'll be up on stage talking about data, data data driven decisions, and what to do. So, with that, it is baseball season as well. And we're talking about baseball right before we came on air. Cody, I'm sorry, my New York Mets beat your Cardinals. Uh, last night, it came back, I guess, in the top of the ninth. I, didn't, I wasn't able to see it, but you did. They're 13-5, great April. They always have a good April, then they, everyone gets hurt. But uh, excited to see baseball coming back, and I, I need to watch more games going into the future. So I ran across a couple of interesting articles over the week, and, and one of those is, I believe it was from The Hustle, I don't have it written down here, but one of the things, and we're seeing this in the freight market too, right? We're seeing this in the freight market. One of the, 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 the highlights of this, and it was really looking at stock stocks and Netflix in particular, uh, Netflix I think lost 35% uh, in one day because they lost subscribers. And one of the, the key takeaways from the article was that pandemic behaviors aren't sticky. We all thought that all pandemic behaviors it would be pretty sticky. I think there are some sticky ones, work from home, flexible uh, work environments. No, no, I think that's going to no. be a, a sticky trend that came up over the last uh, two years. But one of the things is the consumers are shifting their spending habits back to the normal pattern. And I, I think we're really seeing that. As I said, I was on a flight uh, a couple weeks ago whenever the mask mandate uh, came, came out uh, I was mid-air, everyone was, was excited. I think you're gonna see more experiences, more spending, I, I think less at home, You know, that's where it hurts Netflix. It is less at home time, people are gonna get out, get outdoors, see their old friends, uh, do some traveling and rely less on on, um, on, on technology that, that just sticks you in the house. So that's something to, important to consider as we move through uh, the spring and summer months here in the, in the freight markets and with that said, let's welcome Omar onto the show. Omar, how are you doing today?
1: Hi, Kevin. How are you? Good I'm to doing, see
0: you. Doing great. Omar Singh, president and founder of Surge Transportation. We're going to talk about routing guides and digitization of that and the, the technology that's been coming up over the last few years, aren't we? Yeah, I
1: know. And you started the show with saying essentially almost like technology bad. People are taking a break. They're going to get back outdoors and start traveling again. But not bad. It just nah. I mean, t- taking a break, return to normal. You know? Yeah,
0: re- return to normal. So not all technology is bad, right? We've seen a lot of freight technology uh, in the last two or three years, as a result of the pandemic and different business models, it, it made everyone a little bit more efficient. I think, which is something that is going to be sticky. Now, things that that tie you in hum, at, at your house indoors, you know, kind of antisocial a little bit. I think, uh, I think those will relax, and you, you'll see some some stocks fall because of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good. I know one of the things we keep hearing with all of the events we're starting to attend and register for, everyone's really grateful to be in person again. So uh, it's a nice change for everybody.
0: Uh, It is. It is a really nice change. Uh, You know, a lot of times you you need to do business face-to-face. You know, the the, the virtual screen is really good. It's that virtual face-to-face, but a lot of times it's, it's, it's better to sit down across the table and have lunch and, and, right. and talk business.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, we're not doing that today, but at least we got to a couple of weeks back. So
0: We, we did. You know. We did. It was a pleasure. We had lunch and dinner uh, a few times in the last month, yeah. which is the uh, last yeah. couple of months, which is, which is always good. So yeah. well, let's talk about dissertation. Let's talk about routing guys. Let's talk about what you're doing at Search.
1: Yeah. So I I think one of the things that's been interesting is, you know, two things kind of happened over the last sort of supply chain disruption with COVID. One, of course, routing guides failed a lot more often than what we're seeing almost return to historical norms of around 10%, which is where we are right now, a tender rejection and kind of where we were before COVID started and then spent so much time in 50%, you know, and 25% and at at the moment things are back to normal but so not only did we see the routing guides fail more often and as a result of that shippers relying much more heavily on sourcing capacity outside of traditional waterfall routing guide but i think we also saw a really an acceleration of that conversion not just to say well my routing guide's failing so i need to find another provider but My routing guide's failing, so I need to deploy another way of sourcing capacity, which is to rely less on the routing guide and more on real-time APIs and TMS capabilities that that really just didn't exist, you know, five years ago.
0: I think one of those, and it comes from an article that that, that Surge sponsored uh, on FreightWaves, is that a lot of the TMS providers are, are, are kind of giving that technology away for not not for free, but uh, to, to essentially for free for shippers as they don't have to invest the, the time and resources, money to, to build it themselves, right? That they can purchase it off the shelf within their TMS. Yeah,
1: I, I think the, the TMSs are in a scramble to continue providing value to their customers um, and compete in a, in a highly competitive marketplace to, to gain as many shipper customers as they can. And, and, and yeah, I, we have a few API customers who built their own capabilities on an on-prem system and it's very expensive and you need a tech team and it takes a long time and onboarding each provider also takes a long time. So I think the TMS has really said, listen, we don't, we don't want our customers to have to experience that. We want to just deploy it as part of our updates I don't know how TMS pricing works, if they charge extra for it or if it's just part of their, you know, package of service offerings and product development where they say, you know, if you stay with us, we're going to make it a valuable partnership for you. and We're going to give you these capabilities. Don't worry about developing it yourself. We're going to do it for you and we're just going to, you know, provide you access. Um, and this is really widespread adoption by anyone who can get their hands on it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of those tech trends that, that I'm talking about uh, over the last couple of years. And, and you, you see this with a lot of innovation, with a lot of companies, You can say work from home. You can say, you know, whenever you're trying new things, you don't necessarily want to be the first one out there. It's a hard decision to make. It's a hard decision right. to make if you don't have to make it, right? But I, I think the pandemic and the market over the last few years have made it a very easy decision for shippers and, and really anyone to embrace because... You need an alternative, and you needed the. You need a, a fix right now, right? So it takes all the, um, all, all the abstract decision making away from it, and it's, it becomes an immediate need and necessary. Uh, so, so you just go out and do it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, just kind of the validation
1: of saying I'm gonna I'm gonna rely on the product development people to to build something that works. And it's going to be reliable, and I don't personally have to have technical expertise, and I don't even have to hire a team that has technical expertise and rely on them. Kind of like, you know, if you spec a new car from, it's not the exact same thing, but it's like every decision mm-hmm. to make, you know, or if you just buy it off the lot, it's like, oh, okay, it works. I, I, I'm going to go with that because I trust you guys built something good.
0: It is a, it's a good analogy, right? If you're trying to customize things, you, you can right. go down many rabbit holes. You can take months to, to make that decision, but if you, certainly if you just go to a lot, Right. Or, or, you know, if your car breaks down and you need a car right now, it takes it takes a lot of the the decision making process away. Right. Because if I need to to, to, to go somewhere today, I'm just going to go buy a car and then I'll I'll worry about it after that.
1: Right. Yeah. And in that light, like kind of what we're talking about, I, I think a lot of shippers are not adopting TMSs that don't provide that capability anymore to say, yeah, I'm going to need you to have this. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, I think even two years ago, there wasn't a, I'm going to need you to have this. Uh,
0: yeah. The way that it, it becomes a, a need or a nice to have, or let's say a competitive advantage or a first mover advantage a couple of years ago, and now it's table stakes. It's the cost of doing right. business. Yeah. You, you basically, right. you have to have one. If you, if you don't right now, you're running behind a, other. Right you know, competitors or other people trying to source the same capacity you're trying to source right now. Right.
1: You know, and one thing that's come up recently that, you know, it's it's sort of new for me because I'm obviously on the service side, but on the on the shipper side, I've learned that a lot of shippers sort of internally within their organization will get, um, you know, they have their own, the managers have their own KPIs and KPIs are tied to, how much freight is going into the spot market or auction environment overflow um not just because it's typically more expensive but you know the routing guides mm-hmm. fail it's a demonstration of how often the routing guys failing and so with the real-time capabilities there's sort of two of them there's real-time which is before the waterfall and then there's the spot market apis but a lot of shippers are there's, there's a lot Fewer loads and spot now because shippers are activating that real time where it, it doesn't even have to get designated as a load that failed. It's mm-hmm. just kind of extra providers on the routing guide that are available, fair market price, vetted well by the TMS, vetted by obviously the shipper because they're a provider for them and they're in network. Um, and so we're even seeing a, a, a
0: much smaller number of loads just available in Spot. I, I mean, volumes are down. Tender
1: rejection is down. But, I mean, in addition to that, a sort of a, a multiplication or of, of all of these factors that are contributing to it. And One of them is that now the loads are just getting covered in the real-time APIs. They don't even have to go to Spot.
0: Is that... So. Because of real time or dynamic pricing, or is that more of a reset of contract rates that, that we've seen over the last few months?
1: Well, all of it, right? So the, there are a lot there are a lot of factors. So yeah, contract rates caught up now with all of the recent changes with fuel prices and inflation. Contract rates are higher um, than spot, so so that's interesting, you know, than market rates. Um, but I think that's part of it, also the adoption and deployment of the technology. you know, I, I've seen a lot of our TMS partners really develop their capabilities to, to spread it easily across their customer base over the last two years. It made a lot of headway that kind of wasn't there before. So I think all of those factors come into play. And then, yeah, shippers realizing that the traditional routing guide doesn't have to sort of play the same role that it used to so one of the things that we talked about in the article are, you know, some shippers used to publish backup rates, you know, across all lanes. And they're saying, no, I'll just go with the API. Some used to designate certain locations or, or lanes of theirs, whether it's depending on their priorities, high or low volume, um, to go to a certain providers. Now they're saying, OK, we're going to send all that business to API. Um, we're seeing where they're going not as deep on the routing guide instead of having five or six providers, you know, two or three published providers and then going API. So all of it's really, I think, kind of the idea of the, the conversation of the article was the erosion of the routing guide where it's, it's not as deep and it's not as wide uh, as it used to be. And that, it, I, I think it's all of it, right? It's, it's shipper adoption, acceptance of this technology has been good. Realizing in a tight market, you know, the name of the game is getting the capacity faster. In a soft market, this cost savings, you know, to the fact that contract rates are higher than spot now. Um, And providers like us, service providers and motor carriers, also developing the technology to be able to kind of stay in that space. So, yeah, changing before our eyes. It's kind of interesting to watch.
0: It really is. You know, we're talking about riding guys. Does this bring us to dynamic pricing? And if it does... And if, even if it doesn't, let's talk about dynamic pricing, right? What What does that mean for the contract versus the spot market? I mean, I, we know we're in trucking. We, we know contract rates are paper rates that right. uh, they're not sticky. Um, well, it's, yeah, it's you know, right now the
1: coin has flipped, whereas the contract rates were. I guess not sustainable given all of the rapid changes in the supply chain that was happening as a result of COVID and mm-hmm. imports and, and spending. Um, but now I think what we're seeing is some shippers saying, hold on, I want to, I want to play the market because the market's turning favorable. Um, so they're relying more on, on the dynamic pricing, which is essentially a, a same day, real time rate and, and whatever, uh, providers, decide to make a criteria for how they come up with a price, whether it's, yeah, and if it's expedited or hazmat or during holidays or Mm -hmm. shortly time or, you know, whatever it is, just to be able to also recognize, you know, when there is capacity and when there isn't capacity. Um, And different TMS is called by different names. Some say it's a dynamic pricing program. Some say it's a real-time pricing program. Some call it dynamic routing guide. I think it's many names for the same thing a, a form of a real time API that says you know what's the fair market rate today on this lane on this day and do you have capacity and and if it looks attractive enough I mean they're
0: going with it you know they are you know it's 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 a new world it, it really is a new world when you're talking about contract and 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 RFPs, durations, right? So the, so that's another part of this equation, right? The, the duration of real-time or dynamic, however you want to, to coin the term, right? Um, are you seeing durations go down further and further?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think over the last couple of years, that was one of the more interesting kind of you go from, you know, the, the twelve year 12-month 12 RFP to the six-month RFP to can you just refresh your 90-day rates to... Well, how about can you just give me a real-time rate today? And then sometimes, you know, we even have, just depending on the relationship, you know, customers who say, well, give me a rate until it's not good anymore. Because, like, we don't know. Maybe 90 days isn't. Maybe it's 60 days. Maybe it's 45. You know, just, just give me capacity at a fair rate. And if I kind of benchmark you or or gut check you against competitors, I want to make sure it's reasonable and, you know, make sure the stuff is covered so to watch that conversation go from 12 months to essentially what dynamic pricing is one day It's what's today's rate Mm -hmm. um and the adoption of that and acceptance of that i think has been um i don't know i hate to use the word unprecedented but it's
0: probably accurate well i i I think it is i think the last few years have been unprecedented right i mean there's there's, there's no other way to to coin that and and hopefully they say unprecedented because i don't want to go through it again Um, (laughs) uh (laughs) <laughs> but with that said, you know, in five years, do you think we're going to see many, if if any, twelve month RFPS go out? And do you think it's it's based on market volatility? Is it probably based on both, right? Market volatility and the, the technologies that they're not to have to put in all the time and resources to do a bit. so you don't have to do it yeah, for twelve I, months.
1: I, I think. I mean, one of the things we talked about on the article is that I, I think if. I think five years from now, the 12 month RFP looks different. It's going to be for fewer lanes, right? Mm -hmm. So, so so maybe you have your asset based carrier drop trailer, high volume, you know, whether it's a, you know, plant to customer or plant to plant mixing. you know, where they say, you know, we have a certain percentage, call it 25 or 30% of our super high volume lanes that require drop trails on both sides. Mm -hmm. And that maybe isn't as volatile over the course of of 12 months as, as some of the others um so on a dedicated basis i think they're going to stay relevant you know on a high volume basis they stay relevant but, but i think over the course of let's just say a shipper has a thousand lanes and all a thousand of them are out to bid this year i yeah five years from now
0: three four hundred yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. I, I totally agree with that. There's those high volumes DC to DC plant to plant intercompany transfers, or, or you're you're, you know, delivering to your customers DC on a regular basis. It's a very right. vanilla kind of you know, eight loads a day, ten loads a day, two loads a day, whatever right. it is, right? You dro- drop and yeah. hook, drop and hook, drop and hook. That um, so that is something that should have a very stable price, right? Right. And whatever percentage of the, your portfolio is, is, is that <clears throat> would be those 12 month or those long-term customer relationships. Right. Um, and then, you know, you're going to have a middle portion that's going to be half and half. And then you're going to have that 20 or 30% kind of what we call the spot market, right? There are going to be irregular lanes, seasonal. Um, you know, if, if, if it's highly seasonal right now and you're putting out a 12-month bid, Uh, you're you're probably going to pad, if you're a carrier or broker, right, you're going to pad that a little bit because you're you're bidding one rate for the the next 12 months. And there's going to be variability and volatility in there based on on seasonal, but you can't do that in a traditional 12-month RFP. You can't can't call that out, really. But if if you're doing three-month, six-month bids on that, then you can adjust your price for the season.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think we also don't know where, you know, freight volumes are are the demand side and then the supply side is drivers. You know, I think, I don't know, you know, where we're going to see that land and it's all a talk of driverless trucks and, you know, autonomous vehicles. But I think there's also, you know, the driver shortage is always still real and looming. One of the things the conversations we're having right now with TIA is reducing the driver age. I mean, I know, sort of our conversations about digitization, but this is, you know, it's it's Mm -hmm. part of getting capacity into the marketplace. Um, And so I'll be interested to see if that really takes off, you know, it's kind of a compounding effect of not letting drivers under 21 kind of in a significant way, get into the industry. And it's not actually a three year delay in, 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 getting drivers from 18 to 21. It's, it's an entire, life cycle of learning a trade delay because then mm-hmm. by the time you know they're 21 they've already learned something else and why would I go into trucking now I just spent three years learning this other trade and so it just kind of cuts off the supply right just mm-hmm. at the legs like, you know you don't get in and no one's gonna cycle back four years from now to, to start all over
0: again you're uh, exactly right about that it's, it's not the, the lag time it is uh, the, the the life curve. Right? A, right. You know, if, if you're going to become a, a plumber or carpenter, or electrician, and you can do that 18 at 21, you're not going to decide, oh, I want to go drive a truck.
1: Right. Yeah. Now that I just started making money. Yeah. Let me start all over.
0: Yeah. Just yeah. learn my trade. I right. mean, getting really good at it. Now I'm going to go start over. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I think I mean, that certainly is going to be also I don't know if interesting is the fair word just to watch to say there's a lot of efforts on getting, you know, drivers and capacity, you know, behind the
0: wheel. And there's a lot of effort at uh, automation of vehicles and there's a lot of
1: effort at automation and digitization of routing guides. I mean, I think everyone's hitting it from all angles. Um, But I I don't know that it's, um, I think it's always going to be an uphill battle, you know. It it um, is, it is. And and
0: and thank you so much for coming on, put that coffee down today, Omar. This is Omar Singh, president and founder of Surge Transportation. Always a pleasure having you on. And um, I will see you in a couple of weeks out in northwest Arkansas.
1: Yeah, i be looking forward to it. Great to see you. Thanks for having me.
0: You bet. Thank you, Omar. Okay, you got it. Omar Singh, once again, president and founder of Surge Transportation, talking about digitization, talking about APIs, talking about the technology that is sticky. You know, there's there's some technologies, some habits, consumer habits, certainly that aren't going to be as sticky. E-commerce is certainly going to be sticky, um, but we might see the growth rate change on that as people. Again, I think people are starting to, to do more experiences, getting out, traveling, seeing people instead of being holed up in their homes, watching Netflix and Hulu and buying things online and remodeling their houses so we're, we're seeing this we're seeing this in the freight market we'll keep close tabs on it here on put that coffee down as we talk about freight sales every Tuesday 12 p.m Eastern time until next week have a great week and make some margin I got friends on I got I got